Welcome to the Wear Wag Repeat Podcast. I'm Tori Mystic, here with my dog Lucy. Together we're interviewing cool, creative women entrepreneurs whose work is inspired by their dogs. Do you dream of working alongside your dog? Then sit, stay, and listen to the latest episode. On this episode, I'm talking to a creative pet PR guru known as the Pet Lady. Our conversation will definitely get your wheels turning, and you will be so inspired to plan a buzzworthy event for your brand. This advice is great for businesses small or large, whether you have a nonprofit or a product. Let's dive in. Dana Humphrey is the lead publicist and owner at Whitegate PR, a boutique public relations agency specializing in the pet industry. She also positions herself as a pet expert as the pet lady and travels coast to coast scouting out the best pet products, brands, and pet experts. She is also a professor and program facilitator at FIT, the Fashion Institute of Technology, and teaches in the pet product marketing and design department. She was recently awarded by Pet Age Magazine 40 Under 40 and Women of Influence. She has traveled to more than 50 countries and lived in five of them. Currently, she resides in Astoria, Queens with her pet frog named Prince Charming. <laughs> Hi, <All> Dana. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show. Yes, thank you. So um, tell us, how did you come to be the pet lady? How did you come up with that? Or did someone christen you with a pet lady? Just tell us the story about it. Let's see. I was working for a company called Muttropolis, and I was doing all their PR and marketing. And I had scheduled my boss, an amazing woman named Janet McCulley, to be on the local um, news in San Diego. And... In San Diego, we have a lot of fires. So that morning, there was a big fire sweeping through, and actually, where she lived, she was uh, she ha- she was told she had to be evacuated. So I was planning. It was a really early morning segment, often as they are, and uh, I was planning on joining her just for moral support and you know to help with props and take pictures and things like that. So I was up and I was getting ready when I got a phone call from her that you know she had to evacuate with the fires. Would I go in her place? I said, yeah, sure, I'm already up and ready. I already took a shower. You know, my dog's right here. He can go on with me. And, uh, yeah, we'll go. So we, we, we went down to the station. We did the segment, and it went really well. Uh, she was thrilled, and she said, wow, you did a great job. Why don't you start doing all of the TV segments instead of me? Then I don't have to wake up early. <laughs> okay, sure. So that's why I started doing, you know, TV segments, talking about pet products. And... Um, from there, I, I quit um, my job at Metropolis and I started my own company, and I moved to New York City. And I was out in back in California visiting some friends and doing a TV segment on Good Day Sacramento. And I was with my friend's cat. Um, she really wanted her cat to be on TV. And um, her so the cat and I are, um, are live, and um, the cat actually jumped off the table and then was coming back around and had jumped on my lap and was digging her claws into my lap. <laughs> and um, we're live. And, and at that moment, the host introduced me as Dana Humphrey, the pet lady. And um, from that day, I just went with it. I thought it really worked. Um, I loved being called that. Um, she really kind of coined the phrase for me. And um, from there, I, you know, since then, I've, I've trademarked the name. I own the trademark to the pet lady. I have a few domains uh, for the pet lady, and now I even have some promotional swag that I give away um, as the pet lady. 
Um, I actually have it on my my phone here, a little place where you can put your business cards. Oh, nice. Um, a fun thing that I give away to people um, because a lot of people want to be the pet lady. So, you know, I share the love. So that's kind of how it came to be. It's, you know, morphed over the years. And, um, you know, now the pet lady does a lot of things. Well, and I think it's so interesting um, that you have a pet frog <laughs> because yes. the, the pet lady doesn't have to just be a dog mom. You know, I live in like the dog mom world and I probably use that term way too many times every day. <laughs> but um, but there's so many other pets and I, I think that's so interesting. So have you had um, like a variety of different pets in oh, your yeah. life? Yes. So I used to have a pug named Winston. He passed away. Um, I had a goldfish named Monster for a while that I adopted. He was really cool. He was really big. And um, then, you know, now I really travel a lot, so it's hard for me to have um, a, a dog, per se. Um, I am a fairy goddess mother to a French bulldog named Charlie. He lives down the street from me, and um, I love him very much. And I help, you know, I hook him up with lots of goodies. And um, Yeah, I was going to ask what the fairy goddess mother duties <laughs> included, but it includes free treats. <laughs> I also pay for his, his pet plan insurance. Aww. Um, you know, so basically whatever Charlie needs, I, I help them out. Um, my, my good friends, um, I help them adopt Charlie. Basically, Charlie came across my lap and I just, he's a four-year-old French bulldog and he was up for adoption and I couldn't let it him pass by without going to someone in my world. Yeah. So I found him a good home right down the street from me. How convenient. Yeah. So I get, you know, I have a uh, full visitation rights for Charlie whenever needed. And, um, you know, I, uh, I really love him a lot, but, um, I just this week I was in Orlando, uh, before that I was in Ecuador. So it's not that convenient for my life right now to have a dog, but I was at a Christmas party actually a couple years ago. And uh, this woman was explaining to me that her daughter was going to college and uh, had left this frog at home and she was living between three different apartments and couldn't take care of the frog anymore. And I said, well, you know, how do you take care of him? She's like, well, you know, he lives in Poland Springs water and uh, we feed him every couple days. So I thought, well, this is great. I really need a low maintenance pet and this lady is trying to, you know, find a home for him. So I've had Prince Charming now for, almost four years that's so interesting uh, and at the time I was getting Poland Springs delivered to my house so I thought well how easy I'm already have you know the water that he needs to live in (laughs) I have all the supplies you know why not so I call him PC Um, he's here in my kitchen Um, he's cute you know around sunset every night he kind of like sings to me um, you know we have this nice little relationship going on does Prince Charming come out and hang out with you no, he needs to stay in water. Okay. If he's out of water for more than 11 minutes, he will not make it. Oh, up. interesting. Like keep him in his tank. But um, he does He does have a specialty uh, tank that was designed by pet fashion designer Ada Nieves. Um, <laughs> it says Hip Hop Froggy on it. Um, so maybe one day he'll make it out to a pet fashion show. You'll have to send me a picture of that so we can put it in the show notes for this episode <laughs> because it just sounds amazing. <laughs> So you mentioned that you travel a lot internationally and around the country, and you've lived all over the world. So does anywhere stand out as being especially pet-friendly? Yeah, so when I was at Muttropolis, I was living in a one-mile town in North San Diego called Solana Beach. And, um, you know, 
it, it, it's like a one-mile town. There's there's a dog beach. There's a dog park. There's a little gallery row where every single gallery has a water bowl, a treat section. Then there's a store, the, the Metropolis store, which is extremely dog friendly. Um, and so going from, you know, North San Diego to New York City, a lot of people were telling me, oh, New York City is so dog friendly. You know, it's going to be great. And when I got here, I was shocked um, because I think I was living in the most dog friendly place in the world. You were in like, <laughs> dog utopia. <laughs> yeah, I was like in this little bubble of like, you know, basically dogs are welcome everywhere. Oh, yeah, there's there was two restaurants. There's only two restaurants and both of them not only were dog friendly, had dog menus, <laughs> you know, and this was like a lot, this was a long time ago. This is before it was really, really, you know, kind of a thing to do. Yeah. Um, so I was a little taken aback when I moved to New York. Um, just the fact that a lot, you know, it's just a different lifestyle for the dogs here. They, you know, they live on wee wee pads. They mm -hmm. spend a lot of time in the apartment. They don't see a lot of grass when they go outside for their walk. Uh, most of it is on concrete. So, it's just, you know, it was, a, it was a little bit of a shift for me to kind of wrap my head around New York City as being dog friendly, which it, it is it's just in a, in a very different way. Right. It's different. Yeah. Because I've had several guests who live in New York City and have all these favorite places where they take their dogs. And um, there are parks you can go to, but probably not on a day to day basis because day to day you're just walking around the block. Yeah. So it, it is different. Right. I know in New York City. Like, I don't think Lucy and I could ever live in New York City because she, when I walk her around, like, my little residential neighborhood, she finds food, like, garbage food on the street every single time we walk. And so in New York City, like, we would walk 10 feet and then she would pick out. Hot dogs, <laughs> yeah, all kinds of goodies. So um, we would struggle. I did, you know, there are a lot of events for, for dogs in New York, um, so it's just like kind of a different uh, way of spending time with your pet, you know, versus like maybe being at a dog beach or at a dog park, you're inside at a venue at a place where they allow dogs and your dogs are able to mingle with each other, but it's just in a, in a very kind of different way. So tell us, tell us a little bit more about your business. You probably do get involved in planning some of the events like that, I guess, um, with some of your clients. So tell us about Whitegate PR and, and what you do and how you help people get the word out. Awesome. Yeah. Um, basically, um, it's a, we're a PR firm and we specialize in, um, helping pet product manufacturers get the word out about their brand. So we work with you know, treat companies, bed companies, pet carriers, all different kinds of accessories and um, apps and, and all kinds of fun things for your pet. Um, and we do plan a lot of events. Um, I, I don't like to call myself an event planner, but we do plan a lot of events. It's a great way to, you know, invite the media to something that's interesting and fun and interactive versus just kind of asking them to maybe write about one of our clients. Um, so last night was the big New York City pet fashion show. Um, I've been involved in that for years. It's a lot of fun. I usually rock, walk on the runway with a rescue dog. Um, but events that I specifically plan um, are always, you know, always the focus is to bring back to rescue, either to uh, raise money for a rescue or somehow bring a highlight to a specific cause. One event that stands out in my mind is um, called Limeade. And May is Lyme Disease Awareness Month, and so a good friend of mine and pet expert Nikki Mustaki um, has Lyme disease, and she actually got it from her dog, or from a tick from her dog. Mm -hmm. And so we had, we had this huge um, 
event at a Toyota dealership. It was like a Toyota takeover. It was going to be on the roof, but it was one of these crazy New York nights where it was some kind of storm going on, so it had to be in the showroom. We had over 500 people in the Toyota showroom. We had Jackson Galaxy was there. We had a DJ. We had like hula hooping going on and 500 people and their dogs. And everyone was wearing lime green. We had um, a, a film. Uh, there's a documentary film um, called Under Our Skin, which is a, a really great documentary about Lyme disease that we were showing. We had all kinds of um, madness going on, and it was a lot of fun. And that was one of the events that I think I'll never forget. Um, just that we, you know, to have we had such a great turnout, and people had so much fun. There's so many dogs there, and you know, raising money for a good cause, and also spreading some, you know, good awareness. And you know, that people came, even though there was a big crazy storm happening. I mean, <laughs> it was a wild party. It's amazing what people will show up for. Yeah, and I, yeah. I've been involved in planning some events that happened when there was like a hurricane <laughs> rolling into town and yeah. they end up being some of the best parties because you're all kind of stuck there <laughs> yeah there, it's like there was like lightning and thunder going on no one was leaving they were just staying and hanging out and having fun with their dogs there's an event that um i created a couple of years back um called pups on the runway and that was a halloween costume ball that um we hosted and I've, I've kind of taken a little slack on planning that. We did it for about five years, and it, got, it just got a little competitive. Mm -hmm. um, everyone wanted to win first prize, and there was a lot of cattiness happening. So I decided to take a little break um, from the uh, hardcore pet fashion events because um, I like people to, you know, have fun and um, not take it so seriously. I also did a pop-up store. It was the first pet pop-up in New York uh, back in, uh, I think it was in 2011, where I rented out a, a storefront, and every day I had a different rescue group. And um, so it was like kind of like the concept, like how much is the puppy in the window? And so we had puppies and kittens in the window every day promoting adoption, but we also had five brands in the store. So people could come in, they could buy catnip, they could buy um, a shirt for their dog, um, but they could also adopt a cat or adopt a puppy or adopt a senior dog. And we were really highlighting all these adoption groups. Um, so, again, you know, it's really about the concept of a pet adoption pop-up. But we were able to um, have some five, five brands there to really support it and, um, you know, make it make it successful. Yeah, that's so awesome. Running your own business isn't easy. There is so much to keep up with every day to let people know that you exist. Posting on social media can be really effective, but who has time to research all the latest algorithms and strategies to gain new followers and get them to your website? Based on everything I learned growing my Instagram presence for my own account, which is at tmystic, I created a new business called Instamystic. I'm here to help you magically create positively engaging Instagram content, whether you're promoting your dog, your business, or yourself. You can learn more about how I can help you at torimystic.com. That's T-O-R-I-M-I-S-T-I-C-K.com. And since you're a loyal podcast listener, I created a free bonus just for you. Get 24 of my go-to dog mom hashtags by visiting torimystic.com slash dog mom. You can also find a direct link to this list in the show notes of this episode. So, um, okay, so while we're like talking and have like our, our creative hats on, 
if anyone who's listening has like a, a new pet business or maybe they've had it for a long time and just don't understand how to get buzz around it, like do you have any advice on on what someone should do? Um, obviously planning uh, like a huge <laughs> dog wedding might be like too much for some people to chew on, but um, like what what should someone think about doing if they want to get some buzz for their brand? Yeah, exactly. So basically, we need something to talk about. Basically, I'm in the favor business. I'm reaching out to reporters, editors, people at magazines, newspapers, blogs, radio shows, podcasts, seeing like what are they looking for and basically asking them for a favor to somehow feature my client in some way. So I need to kind of come up with a story angle that's interesting and fun and creative so that it's not just a commercial about a brand, right? It can't just be like, okay, this cat, all the features and benefits of this particular product, it has to somehow have a story or, you know, have a purpose. So um, basically, when whenever you're launching something new, that's a great time to, you know, reach out to these type of people. Um, but like you said, maybe, you know, maybe you've been in business 10 years and you're just trying to reinvigorate, you know, your marketing efforts and you don't really have something specifically new. It's just the same good old thing that you've been, you know, producing. You've had a lot of great feedback. You've had a lot of great testimonials. Um, there's a lot of different months that you can tie into from a news perspective. Uh, for example, right now, February is Pet Dental Health Month. So if you have a product that somehow ties into, you know, dental health, it's a great time to talk about it. It's great to look at the calendar and see what's coming up. You know, if you have an eco-friendly product, maybe in April you want to do something. But that's really how kind of the events come to be. That's why I say I'm not really an event planner, but I plan a lot of events. If, you know, I don't have, if, if I run out of something to talk about, now we need to create something so I can invite someone to come and invite someone to re-engage, re-interact with what we're trying to do in our messaging. Um, so events are a great way to do that. Yeah, it doesn't have to be, you know, a huge dog wedding. It could be something smaller. You know, you could have something that's easy to do is like a trunk show where, you know, maybe you're trying to get your product into some stores, but you're having trouble getting them to carry you. You could offer that you could do a trunk show for the night. So you bring in the product, you bring in some wine and cheese, maybe some fruit, maybe some, you know, you partner with a local biscuit company and they bring some treat sampling for the pets and the store will take your products on for consignment for that night. So maybe you sell 10 pieces, the store gets half of that, you get half of that, it's a win-win situation and you start kind of getting the buzz out about your brand. Um, so, you know, a trunk shows a fun thing to do. Um, you know, online contests are something easy that you can kind of do from behind your screen. But, um, you know, getting out there, you know, maybe there's a fight if your brand is like a little more fitness oriented, if there's like a 5K coming up where people are there with their dogs, you may be good to sponsor the bandanas and, you know, actually be there physically and talking to people about what you do. And um, so th that's how the events come into play. If you can even plan something small, maybe a yappy hour. You know, it can be 20 people, just you get some fun pictures, now you have something to talk about on Facebook. Um, it all kind of helps get the ball rolling to um, to get your brand out there. Yeah, I, I love that idea of organizing just like a yappy hour that's so easy and simple to do and just maybe have like, I, I always love to have like some kind of a photo booth or like something yeah. that encourages people to take photos because then they're going to say, hey, I was at this thing with this brand or or this, you know, if you're a dog walker or whoever you are. Yeah, I think that's such a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Having custom hashtags for the night is good. Then people use those. Maybe you want to 
kissing booth or smooch the pooch, pooch booth or, you know, some kind of frame that's fun that people can want to take their picture in. Uh, maybe you want to invite, you know, if there's a, a little, like a local celebrity that you know of that you can invite to come. Maybe you want to have the proceeds from the event benefit their favorite charity. You know, there's lots of ways you can kind of pull people in um, and make it a success. Yeah, that's a wonderful idea. Um, so before we run out of time, because we're just like, t- I could talk to you all day. <laughs> um, so I I was really interested. Uh, we met originally online because I was like, oh, my God, this is someone who teaches at FIT in a pet product design department. I never even knew that existed. I've always been interested in fashion, and I think I applied to college at FIT, and I didn't end up going there. Um, So tell us about this department. Like, I didn't even know this was a thing. Um, What exactly is it, and who is a student in this department? Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, I love teaching there. Um, I'm getting ready to start my, my spring class here in the next couple of weeks. Um, basically, most of the students are women that have worked in fashion for many years, and now they have a dog, and they don't like working in fashion anymore, and they want to start their own pet company. That's usually the, the profile of my students. We do have some men that come in. We do have some other demographics. but um, And I love, my students are awesome. They're so inspiring. You know, they, they all want to become entrepreneurs. So... I love helping them. I love giving them, you know, some insights into the industry of, you know, my past 12 years of working in the pet industry and sharing, you know, how they can succeed about the trade shows. We talk about the pet magazines, the trade shows, um, how they can get started, how to work with um, different stores, you know, how to create some event ideas. And um, it's the only, um, it's the only continuing education pet program on the planet. Um, And... Uh, I stay in touch with my students, and all of them have gone on to, you know, create such amazing things. Um, one of our students was uh, Lauren Dar, and she started the um, International Association of Pet Fashion Professionals, and she gives some great resources and advice to people who want to get into the industry. She also has a calendar where you can look up um, where she has all the pet days featured, so that's a great resource for people. Um, I have some students that become my clients. You know, they go out there, they do all, go out there and create everything they need to. They start manufacturing, they come back to me. And um, so that's always fun and exciting too, to know them, you know, from when it was just an idea. Yeah, that's so interesting. So how long have you been um, working with FIT? Oh gosh, Um, I've been teaching there probably at least seven years. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So you probably have an amazing like alumni network. It sounds like everyone's really creative and cool. Yeah, the classes are not very big. They're usually about 10 people per class, and I have a lot of guest speakers. Um, so it's a lot of fun, too. I get to learn from people you know, in my industry about their story, how they got into the pet industry. Um, I have created some happy hours over the years for alumni and current students to get together, and um, I encourage them to connect on Facebook and stay in touch with each other because you know, as they make different things, they can help each other with different, you know, buying contacts, you know, if one of them gets into Chewy.com, you know, they can help each other out with, you know, with things like that. So, um, yeah, I I like staying in touch with the students. I see them all the time. I saw a bunch of them last night at the New York City Pet Fashion Show, and I was so proud to see them on the runway with their beautiful design. That's so fun. I wanted to go to that fashion show, but um, I was just out of town for a week, and it was too hectic to drive up for the yeah. weekend, but next year I'll have to go. <laughs> yes. 
So um, tell us where everyone can find you online and on social media. Sure. Um, I would love that. You can check out the petlady.org. You can also find me on Twitter at PetLadyWorld. Um, I use the hashtag ThePetLady, so you can find me on Instagram under Dana K. Humphrey. And I'm also on Facebook under Dana Humphrey, the Pet Lady. Awesome. Well, I encourage everyone to connect with Dana because obviously she has a wealth of creative ideas. <laughs> so thank, thank you. you. So much. Yeah, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for listening to the Wear, Wag, Repeat podcast. You can fetch show notes for this episode at wearwagrepeat.com. If you like what you hear, please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And until next time, Lucy and I will see you around the dog park.